you have your Bibles this morning, we ask that you would open up to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 22. And before you stand this morning, I want to do something different. God has placed upon our hearts. Um, I'll just say this from the bottom of my heart. I'm very humbled uh, to stand in this sacred place behind this sacred desk. And doing my best not to take it lightly, take advantage of it, but to stand behind it in reverence of what it means to me personally and what it should mean to every pastor and every preacher. Any type of ministry that would stand in, in great honor and bring forth the message. But if you're in the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, instead of everybody standing up, I'd like for every pastor and every preacher, if you'd stand. <clears throat> now I want y'all to look around, not to reverence them, but understand the call that God has placed upon their lives, that it should never, ever, ever be taken lightly. And the reason why is because in Ezekiel chapter 22, we read of a story how that God's people had split from the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. There were no priests left, left anymore. The city had gone astray and array. They once was called the holy city, has now become the bloody city. Right. Idolatry had set in. Sexual perversion had set in. They had distanced themselves from God. All because of what was around them. The cares of the world. Yeah. And in chapter 22 of the book of Ezekiel, you fellows stay standing. In verse number 30, Ezekiel says this. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Yeah. Brother Jason, would you do the honors this morning and just ask God's blessing upon this message. God, we need you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, thank you for your words and how true and faithful that they are. How regardless of where we are in our circumstances in life, whatever the situation may be, you find us right where we are. You find us right where we are and you give us exactly what we need. Yeah. Father, I pray just now that our hearts will be opened up. We'd hear what thou saith the Lord and we would take it and apply it to our lives. That you give us another day Lord, in this world. You help us to reach the lost. Preach the gospel. I ask you to anoint the lips of the preacher. Just yes, God, we need you, I Lord. thank you for a softening heart. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a sweet spirit. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I mean, it's It's indescribable, but so appreciate Thank you, Lord. Father, I have been ready here to help us to glory and honor your name in all that we do. Father, help us find some focus. Yeah. We stand in that gap. Thank you, Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. You may be seated. Amen. 
I said, do my, my best to collect myself. Brother John's testimony just confirmed the message that God has placed upon our hearts. As Harper was singing, it took me back. The first one that came to my mind was your grandson. I remember he stood in this very church one time and people shouted all over the place over a puppet in his hand. I remember my son growing up and got saved at four years old and how that he would stand behind the pulpit up on the stage and quote scripture. Now he's a preacher. I watched John Jr., John III at camp surrender his heart to the Lord or to preaching and now one of the greatest preachers of, of men at his age that I've ever, ever witnessed to preach. I guess what I'm saying is I'm thankful that God is still calling. As Brother John has said, the gospel still works. I said the gospel still works. I want you to understand something. 31 years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I said, God, if you'll save me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Can I tell you that God has been faithful? All throughout those years, God has been faithful. In this very church is where it all started for me. Brother John, I remember when you would come up and preach revivals. And I remember the services that we would used to have. And for 12 years, the first 12 years of my ministry, I remember getting behind my pastor and supporting him and serving him in this church in any way that I could. Whether it be sweeping the floors or doing construction work, cleaning the toilets, just being there for him as a friend, I did my very best to do that. In the very spot right here on this very front pew, back in 1997, there used to be offices on either side of this. And I took my pastor into the office and I said, Brother Brad, I said, I believe the Lord is calling me to preach. And he says, well, I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray about it some more, and and we'll see where the Lord takes us. And I remember coming right out of that office and standing right at this very place. And as the service began to move, Brother Jason, the service began to move, and the Spirit of God began to move. I realized I had got to a place, Brother John, in my life that I could not run anymore. And that very night, Brother John, I stood up and said, The call of God is pressed upon me that I must preach the gospel. And can I tell you, God has been faithful to me, and I've done my very best to be faithful to God. Can I tell you, I've let God down a million times. Oh, but thank God, He's never let me down. He's been with me through these years. I'm thankful for the call that God has placed upon my life. Then the call to come and pastor. One of the hardest days of my life was to take my pastor down into the basement of this very church and say, Brother Brad, God has called me to a different place. I've seen the heartbreak in his eyes. I could tell that it hurt him. But I know, no doubt in my mind, Brother John, he knew that I was doing what God wanted me to do. So from 2005 to this present day, God has moved upon me and my life all because I answered the call. Now, I didn't say all those things to lift me up or to tell you how great of a man I am because it's not about me. It's not about my son. It's not about Brother John. It's not about John Jr., John III. I'm telling you, it's all about Jesus Christ. 
call of God that he has placed upon our lives. Amen. On this very stage, in November of 1998, men like Lowell May, yeah. Freddie Dutton, yeah. Brad Duncan, yeah. Roger Dempsey, yeah. John Meade, yeah. signed a certificate yeah. supporting the call that God had placed upon my life. And you know what? I've not been the best, but God has. Some of those men have went on to be with the Lord. You heard Brother John talk. Brother Freddie's at a place now he can't go, he can't serve, but I believe he's still praying. Thank God for Brother John that will still take the torch. Even though he's not pastoring anymore, bless God, he can go from church to church, support pastors and churches, encourage them and preach to them. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is still works today because of the call that God has placed upon our lives. Can I tell you, there's a great need, a great need for preachers and pastors. If you haven't turned on the television, you understand this. The world's in an awful shape. The Bible teaches us that in the last days that perilous times shall come, that men would be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Hey, can I tell you this? They'll have a heart that, that, that it's all about themselves and want nothing to do with God. Can I tell you that's the day and age in which we live in. People are more consumed and concerned with what they can get instead of what they can do for God. Can I tell you what you've got? You can't take it with you. Hallelujah. Oh, this is good this morning. I'm telling you. Now, can I tell you this? There are some men pastoring that shouldn't be pastoring. Pastor, how can you say that? Because the Bible teaches me that. There are preachers and pastors that are walking around as sheep in wolves' clothing. There are some pastors. There are some pastors. <laughs> can I tell you this? There are some pastors that are not qualified to pastor. And I base that on 1 Timothy chapter number 3. There are some pastors that have disqualified themselves from pastoring while being in the office of pastorship. Amen. Boy, it got quiet quick. But I believe that God qualifies. He calls and he qualifies. He sanctifies and he sets apart those that he has called. You can't live in the world like the world and pretend to live like God. Then there's simply some that have yet to answer the call to pastor. Can I tell you, regardless... We ought to honor the men that pastor and preach the word of God. The average pastorship in America is an average of four years. At an astounding rate, they say this. I don't know how much stock to put in statistics, but when I read something, it sort of jumps out at me. They say in America alone that every month that nearly 1,700 pastors resign. Men are turning in their credentials at an astounding rate because they cannot preach the gospel because of what they're faced with in this life. A lot of people make the joke in the Baptist church or any church that, well, why can't the pastor do it? He only works one day a week. It may sound like a joke, but you don't understand the hours of preparation that a man of God, a man of God that is called of God, will stand and study and pray and preach the word of God to help you along the way. Today, I pray that I'm a blessing to these pastors. 
I pray I'm a blessing to these preachers. I pray that I'm a blessing to you to help you understand and realize the importance of the need of great men of God that will stand on when nobody else will stand because God has placed a call in their lives. A lot of pastors quit. Discouragement. Depression. Failure. Loneliness. Financial pressure. Anger. Health problems. Marital problems. Family issues. And so on. A lot of people says, well, if God has called them, they won't have no problems. I'm not sure what Bible you're reading. But when I got saved, and when I answered the call to pastor and preach, the troubles just began. Oh, but I'm thank God today that there is one on my side, Brother John, that will go with me all the way. Today, with God being our helper, I want to preach to you a message called, I Sought for a Man. I Sought for a Man. Gentlemen, I remind you this morning of the call that God has placed upon your life. You are not called by man. You are not called by grandma, grandpa, mommy, or daddy. You're not called by a church or an affiliation. You're not called by a denomination. You were called by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God has set you apart. He has set you aside. He has ordained you regardless of what man says, regardless of what a denomination says. If you'll stand in the most sacred place and preach the word of God, can I tell you, God's hand will be upon you. And if God's hand's not upon you, you better step out of the way, get out of the way, and let somebody else do it. Amen. Because God has sought for a man. The calling that you have this side of heaven is the greatest call known to mankind. It is not becoming the president of the United States. It is not becoming the president of some company. I cannot tell you the greatest call that can ever be placed upon your life is when God cornered you. God sought you. Let me remind you, you didn't choose God. It was God that called you. It wasn't you that called God. It was God that called upon you. Why? Because that's what God does. If you're here today and you're lost and you say, well, I'll get saved when I want to, you better read the Bible again. The Bible says, except God draw you to the Father. Jesus said, you must come by him. And the only way you can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I tell you that God's still seeking. God is still looking. God is still seeking for a man of God that will proclaim the name of Christ. With this great call comes great responsibility. Where do amens go? <laughs> With this great call comes great accountability. With this great call comes great anticipation. There's no greater anticipation, Brother John. You know this as well as I know. is to see an old lost sinner come to know Jesus Christ. Hey, bound for hell. But bless God when you help them along the way. You lead them to Jesus. You disciple them. And then you see what happens. I'm telling you, I can look back, Brother John. I went to a pastor's retreat here a few weeks ago. And what I realized is this. I'm getting older. <laughs> Where I was was the young man that used to go and learn. Yeah. I was now called upon to be the old man that would teach. <laughs> brother Gary knows what I'm talking about. Amen. Hey, you see things a little differently, Brother Mike. When you grow up in the Lord and you see the hand of God upon you. And you see how God used you from the time that you answered the call. And then you get to a place in your life. Hey, not that you're seasoned. Not that you know anything more than anybody else. But that God has used you all of these years. Why? Because the call of God has been placed on your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Brother John, it still works. <laughs> 
Hey, the gospel still works. Pastoring still works. Preaching still works. How can they hear except the preacher be sent? Oh, and by the, by the way, faith cometh by and hearing by the... You ain't going to hear it except you hear a preacher. Say amen. So get yourself to church tomorrow. Hey, go to Sunday school. Let me give you three quick things and I'll get out of the way. Three quick reminders of how that God sought for a man. I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 6. There's the introduction. I promise the message will be shorter. I sought for a man. It's one thing for me to search for a man. But it's totally different when God seeks for a man. You see, I can seek for a man and say, I want you to do this, 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 and this. And most likely you won't hear or you'll mess up that. And I may not understand. Oh, but when God seeks you out, there's no doubt in my mind that God has an order. I believe that God has an order that you and I must follow. And listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look up here. You should never follow man. Well, I've got to follow my pastor. Well, you follow him to an extent. But you better make sure in the way that you're following him that he is leading you the way that God has called him to lead you. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I wonder how many people this morning have opened up their eyes in hell because they refuse to follow Jesus, but have followed a man. Pastors, I'm going to give you three reminders of the call of God upon your life. Chapter 6, 1 Timothy. Verse number 11. The Bible says, But thou, O man of God, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. The first thing that I want to remind you gentlemen this morning that are preaching and pastoring and preaching the word of God is this. You need to flee and follow. You need to flee. God has sought you to flee and to follow. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? Can I tell you, first of all, that God has chose you. God has placed his hand upon you. God has called you to flee from the things of this world. Amen. Let me say that again. You see, too many preachers, too many pastors, too many churches are following the ways of the world. And can I tell you, when you follow the ways of the world, it'll take you to a place of destruction. Heartache. Brokenness with no hope. Oh, but can I tell you, if you will follow after righteousness, as the Bible teaches us, you'll go to a land flowing with milk and honey, bless God, a place that has everlasting life and the blessings that you'll never be able to contain. Flee the things of this world. What's the Bible teach us? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible says this, I charge you, Timothy, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He says this, preach the word. Notice he didn't say this, tell the people what they want to hear. Notice he didn't say, make it warm and fuzzy. 
Little tidbit, if you're right with God, it'll be warm and fuzzy. He said, preach the word. Preach the word. Oh, gosh. We need you. Who shall appear at the quick and quick, which shall appear, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season. In other words, preachers, be ready. Out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. You want to know why mega churches are going so well? Look at what they're preaching. God wants you to be prosperous. Really? Name it and claim it. I had a fellow one time tell me, buddy, if you'd just claimed that person, he wouldn't have died. I said, well, I didn't know that I was God. I thought it was the Lord says, I'm the one that giveth life. I give you breath, and I take it away. I think that was in the Bible. That's what the, the writer says about God. That's God's job. That's not my job. And if that's the case, if I can be a man that pronounce you from death unto life, we would none of us die. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. You want, to know, you want to know why most people don't come to the house of God? Because of their own lusts. Their own fleshly desires. You know what? No one supports the church and the pastor anymore. Because they got it figured out. They'll be able to handle it. Hey, listen, I'm just going to trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith. I don't have to go to church. Let me tell you something, friend. If you're not careful, you'll be drawn out. He said to flee and follow. And pastors, if we're not careful, will allow things of this world to creep in. Notice he said, oh, man of God, flee these things. Oh, can I tell you that song that he sang? Can I tell you something, pastors? Can I tell you something, preachers? Can I tell you something, church? We don't need coffee shops in the church. We don't need donut shops in the church. We don't need fancy lights and smoke machines in the church. Because if I use those things to draw you in, what's going to draw you out? Hey, the church is not a place of entertainment. It is a place of reverence where God's people, it is a hospital for those that are sick, for those that's lost to come and know him. I am preaching this morning. You see, God has a way. God has a structure. And you can't change it. I see it got real quick, real quiet, real quick. We don't need concerts to grow the church. We were not called to entertain. The church is not a concert venue. It is a hospital for the sick and a refuge for the lost. The Bible says in Psalms 48.3, God is known in her places for a refuge. I believe it was Paul that said that God makes us to sit down in heavenly places. I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel this morning. don't know where you stand with God. But I consider this place, this side of heaven, a heavenly place. (laughs) Maybe you don't. I just go by what the scripture says. Jesus said I would be in the midst if there would be at least two of you that would agree. I don't know about you, but I brought him with me. Hey, Jason brought him with me. Hey, that means this. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is present here this morning. And bless God, we ought to honor him. Amen. I sought for a man. Right. 
God is seeking for a man. God is seeking for a people. God is seeking for a church that will stand on the word of God. Here's the problem. Too many people are leaning. Leaning to the left. Leaning to the right. Pastor, don't you think leaning to the right is the right way? Nope. <laughs> Tell me the Bible where it says to lean. Yeah, right. That's right. The Bible says this to stand. Yeah, just didn't get that. Did you get it? Hey, what should we stand on? Hey, what did, what did Jesus tell Peter? He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Quit leaning and start standing. Hallelujah. We need some pastors with a backbone about them that will stand on the word of God and say, I proclaim the word of God regardless of what the world says. I sought for a man. Israel, God's people, had gone in such disarray because of its leadership. They thought they had a better way. Can I tell you, there's no better way than God's way. And sometimes God's way hurts. But can I tell you, pastor, can I tell you, preacher, listen to me, flee and follow. Flee from the world and follow God. We need to follow after righteousness. We need the word of God preached with the spirit of God. We need the convicting power of God to rest on the lives of people that come. Hey, can I tell you a place where God saves the sinner and separates the saint? Can I tell you that is called holiness? Can I tell you holiness? We need to live holy before a holy God. Pastor, I'm not Jesus. I had someone tell me that the other day. I can't. I'm not Jesus. I didn't ask you to be Jesus. The Bible didn't tell you to be Jesus. He just said, be holy as I am holy. Well, pastor, I can't do that. What's your encouragement? How can I do that? Well, at least practice it. That's a good story. Huh? Just try to practice it. Well, we can practice everything else. And by the way, practice doesn't make perfect because you'll never be perfect this side of heaven, but it will help you to get closer to God. The Bible says to draw nigh unto God, and he would draw nigh unto you. Preachers, can I tell you, preach the unadulterated word of God with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God, regardless of what man says. Because God has sought for a man. The second thing we ought to do, let me calm down here a second. Boy, thank you for the invitation, Brother Mike. You know God's in it when you get the invitation and God speaks immediately to your heart. Fellas, I hope that I'm a blessing to you. I hope I'm encouraging you. Brother John, you've been in this thing a while. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And can I tell you something, church? Don't be so quick to judge your pastor. Don't be so quick to get down on him when he fails. You've got to remind yourself that he's just a man. Hey, he's just a man. You think, well, man of God shouldn't be tempted. Then you tell that to Jesus. He was tempted. And you know what he used to beat the tempter? We'd get in the word of God. We'd have less opportunity to judge and be tempted. I'll move on. Flee and follow. Notice in verse number 12. The Bible says fight the good fight. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Hey, you have to purpose in your heart. This thing isn't easy. Being a Christian is not easy in this life. Hey, the fight just began when you got saved. 
But man, when you stepped out by faith and you announced your calling to preach, the first thing that was said to you, you're not able. You're not capable. God didn't call you. There's no way that God could use you. Oh, but the more you prayed, the more you sought the face of God because God sought you and God laid his hand upon you. You begin to see the blessings from heaven. You begin to see God move in your life. It strengthened your faith. And when the devil came, you said, devil, get behind me. I know the call that God has on my life. You got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. Amen. You know, I thought, may I remind you that there's some that stop fighting. In this conference alone, I know of at least three preachers and pastors that quit. You know what they did? They give up. They give in. They stopped fighting. You say, well, Pastor, yeah, but you don't understand what went on in their life. I don't, but you don't know what I've been going through. You don't know what Brother John's been going through. You don't know what A.W. Tozer went through. You don't know what Freddie Dutton went through. You don't know about uh, what Paul went through. If there was anybody that had a reason to give up, it would have been Paul. Stoned to death. Snake bitten, shipwrecked, left for dead in prison, wrongfully accused. But yet he stood on the word of God. Because of the call of God that he had placed on his life. God did not seek us. He did not call us to give up. We need some Davids. We do. You all know the story of David. Heard about the war. His brother brother said, hey, go find her. Daddy come to him and said, go see how your brothers are going. He took food to him and looked and went out there and... Of course, there's old Saul, biggest coward ever was. There's big old Goliath standing on the other white on the way. David went out to meet him and he challenged him. He said, Saul, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy us and the armies of the living God? Right. Right. Hey, I don't know about you. David may have been small in stature, but I love to follow David. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know why? Because God had a call on his life. And God protected him. And God used it. Oh, pastor, but what about what David did? Hey, what about what you've done? Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Huh? Saul, he came to Saul. What did Saul tell him? David, there's no way. There's no way. But notice the words of wisdom that came from David. Pastors, preachers, listen. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Brother John, was there not a cause? Hey, if there was not a cause and you would have folded up the town, get up, your boys wouldn't be pastoring. Your boys wouldn't be preaching. Your grandson wouldn't be preaching. Can I tell you? Can I ask you? Is there not a cause this morning? Can I tell you? There is a cause. Don't give up. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight with everything you've got. Let me warn you. Don't stand toe-to-toe with the devil. Take someone with you. That's bigger than him. He said, I'll fight your battles for you. You won't have to lift a finger. (laughs) Get a hold of that this morning. You won't have to fight. Just stay in the fight. We need preachers and pastors with a great zeal. 
We need preachers and pastors with a great desire. Oh, oh we need pastors and preachers with a great concern. I can't give up. John, I can't. It's not in me to give up. You say, why can't you give up? Just walk away. I can't because God called me. God's did more for me than anybody in this world could ever do. He'd give me the most precious gift. My children, when they were born, those twins were born, I'm telling you what, it was the most precious thing I'd ever saw. But it did not compare to the precious gift God gave me at Calvary. I can say that with a surety. But see, I can't give up. You want to know why? Because I've got a son that's not walking with God. And if I give up, he'll never come back. I believe that. I believe that every day of his life, he watches his mommy. He watches his daddy. He listens to how he talks. He listens to the shows that he watches. He listens to the songs that he listens to. I'm telling you, he watches us. How do I know? You listen to me. You listen well. Who's the first people that tell you that you've done something wrong? Those not walking with God. Is there not a cause? Fight. Don't give up. Fight. Pastors, I challenge you this morning, will you fight for the Lord? Will you fight for the people? And will you fight for the lost? Is there not a cause? Flee and follow. Fight. And I like this one. Brother John's, he, he began to talk about it just a little bit, but I, I'm not sure that he's quite ready yet. He talked about the end is near. My daddy had a saying as I was growing up. He said, I've got more days behind me than I've got ahead. Most all of us probably, if truth be known, do as well. Can I tell you, at any time, the Lord could come back. There's nothing in the Bible that would prohibit him from coming to take his church home. And I know a lot of people say, man, even so, come Lord Jesus. I don't want him to come yet. You say, well, pastor, that's stupid. I've got a son not walking with God. I've got brothers and a sister not walking with God. I've got people in my very church that I pastor that's not walking with God. Can I tell you, is there not a cause? We've got to fight. Amen. But we've got to finish. Yeah. What did he say? What did he say? Notice this. <clears throat> Verse number 14. That thou keep this commandment without spot. Unrebukable. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, we got to finish. I've never read where God says to retire. You ask Brother Freddie, he ain't retired from preaching the gospel. I'll guarantee you, he's not retired from ministering to people. Oh, Brother Clovis Vanover, some of you might remember him. He'd say, Brother, he says you don't retire, you refire. Oh, that's what God's people needs to get a hold of. Hey, there's something down. Hey, I believe it was the right that said there's something that is shut up down inside of me. That's fire. And I, can I tell you, when the Spirit of God comes, it brings the fire of God in your life. Amen. Finish. Amen. We need to finish. We need to finish well. Jesus said this, and I'll close. His, his word said in him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Hey, listen, if I can just be faithful over a few things. I know I'm not going to be faithful over everything, Brother Jason. I know that. I know that I've failed God probably more than I've done him any good. But yet I'm thankful that he still hasn't gave up on me. It's 
not in who God is. God doesn't give up on us. Hey, God is not slack as some in count slackness, but it's long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. Oh, to repentance. Finish. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Don't you want to hear that? Men, God has called us. God has separated us. God has sanctified us. And I don't believe anyone could say it any better than the one that probably had the right to give up, and that was Paul. At the end of his journey, Brother John, I hope I can say, at the end of my journey, I have fought. I've fought a good fight. You see, that's what it's about. We, we get so competitive in this life, and, and there's nothing wrong with being competitive. I like to win, and if you don't like to win, there's a problem with you. Yeah. Amen. I think that's what God has instilled in us. Yeah. We are in a race, and listen to me. It's not a 40-yard dash, and I'm confident that's why so many quit. Yeah. Because yeah, right. they run so fast and so hard that they forget who they're running for. Right. And they forget who they're running to. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Amen. I have finished my course. Amen. He yeah. said, I have kept the faith. Yeah. Can remind you, God is still seeking today. Yeah. Turn the service over to Brother Mike. I don't know your heart. I pray that I've been a blessing to all you fellas. I love you all. I, I really do from the depths of my heart. But when, when God gave me this message, I started searching all the pastors and preachers that I know and to pray for them. Because I know the distress that I'm under. I know the pressure that I'm under. I know the accountability that I'm under. I understand, fellas. But I wouldn't change it. I, would, I said I wouldn't change it. I've come too far. Yeah. Yeah. I've come too far yeah. to turn back now. Amen. Yeah. As we stand across the building, Brother Mike, you come get a song. I hope we've been a blessing to you.